welcome you to episode 18, Why Good Ideas Fail. Hey, Mike, what's up? How's it going, Latoya? It's going well. Um, happy Saturday, my friend. I, I was ready for the weekend. I don't know about you. Uh, I am ready. You know, football season's getting closer and closer, and uh, just ready to get the school year started also. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm excited about the season starting with football, too. You know, I'm a loyal Carolina Panthers fan. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, Mike is the biggest Miami Dolphins fan I have ever known in my life. Um, that, that might be true. We were just talking about all our injuries that we've faced this first week of, of camp, but, but that's okay. Still going to go for the fans. Fins up. Well, we, we want to talk to folks today about why good ideas fail and, and what a lesson this can be in leadership. Um, in, in, in my latest blog post, uh, I wrote a part two to the gap between knowing and doing. And, and one of the things that was in that particular blog post is, is this. I said, you know, folks uh, need to understand that a lot of times when, when ideas don't work, we have a tendency to say, oh, that was a terrible idea. We, we need to change, and we let the idea die before we actually have given it time to work. Or we say, you know, we thought that was a good idea, but it's bad. And, and the truth is, it wasn't the idea at all. It was that we did not plan for implementation, you know, and that we didn't uh, move forward beyond the, the, the stage of, hey, I think that might be a good idea. So, Mike, talk to us about why you think good ideas fail um, and what your thoughts are on this topic. I think leaders face two dangers here. One is what we've talked about before, the dessert smorgasbord, where they're just looking to implement everything under the sun. That's not really going to work because it's too hard for those trying to implement it. But secondly, and just as dangerous, is having a focus, but not really being able to lead people in the implementation of that focus. So I remember when I first became an assistant principal way back, the principal, who's still my, my mentor and good friend, always talked about fidelity of implementation. And that's something that we've heard for a long time, and that's one of the, the, the words out there. But he said, and I remember this to, to, to the day, it was very clear, he said that you can have the best idea, the best focus, but if you're not willing to lead the implementation of it, it's going to fail. So what that means to me is being able to show your people working with you and demonstrate to them what exactly you need to do to implement whatever it is you're trying to do. It's never enough just to say, hey, we're going to focus on this. Well, that's great, but what does that actually mean in practice? And I think, uh, and you mentioned this in your blog post, you know, it's really tough for those that are left with the everyday work of implementing it if you're not crystal clear and being able to show them how to implement something. It's one thing to say, hey, this is a great idea. It's another thing to say, hey, this is a great idea. Let me show you how it may work and let's come up with a plan to implement this. You know, Mike, you bring up an excellent couple of points. One I want to expand on. I think the biggest mistake leaders make is they they assume that their responsibility is to uh, to arrive at the good idea. I need to determine what it is we need to do. My responsibility is to find the idea. The people uh, above me, their responsibility is to implement it. And I think that is dangerous because if those who are in charge of, of 
of leading recuse themselves from the responsibility of implementation. It won't work. Ideas fail because there's not a plan for implementation. Furthermore, so many times leaders, when they get stuck in that phase of, I'm going to find the idea of what we're going to do, but I'm not going to lead the process of how we're going to implement this idea. They don't think about whether or not the right structure is present, the right strategies have been decided upon and developed, and the kind of support those people on the ground who are closest to the idea and operationalizing it needs. So I'll try to put this in a practical example. Let's take professional learning communities, Mike. You and I are both huge fans of professional learning communities. We've used that in our work to move schools forward. How many times have you seen leaders say, hey, I want to implement professional learning communities, and you look at their schedule, we're talking about structure, and there's not an opportunity built in for teachers to collaboratively plan. Everybody's planning period is all over the place. I mean, there's a perfect strategy. Or maybe the support is, hey, y'all should get together and plan. That's what a professional learning community is. You need to get together and plan. You need to make a test together. I mean, the support isn't there. It lacks structure and there's no strategy. And when I think about the work we did together in our last principalships as co-principals, we really focused on putting some structure, some strategy, and some support in place for our teachers for the implementation of professional learning communities. Certainly. And, you know, I think when you're trying to lead a change or implement a vision, if you lack the knowledge yourself, I think you're, the people that are going to uh, help you implement it, they really see through that. And, you know, our context is school, and I'm sure this is probably the same in other businesses and, and fields as well. But when you are trying to lead something and you can't lead by example, I think people really see that, and it really negates the effectiveness that you're going to have. You're always talking about the importance of literacy, let's just say for an example. Uh, In the middle school, we talked a lot about content area literacy. If we had no idea what that really meant and how you could implement that in the classroom and you're not afraid to go into the classroom and do a model lesson with a teacher, I just really think teachers in particular really see through that and they're not going to buy into what you're saying because they're going to think, well, you know, you said that, but does he really know what, what he's talking about? So I think there's a lot of disconnect, and when you can show that you know, and you don't have to know everything as a leader, of course, I'm not saying that at all, but are you willing to put in the time to research it and to model for your teachers and to roll your sleeves up and work alongside of them? And you are so right, Sway, when you say that, you know, your job as a leader isn't just to come up with the vision. We, you know, if only it was that easy, but helping to guide your team as a collaborative group to come up with the vision, that's another thing. Uh, that leaders fail at often is coming up with a vision on your own. That just doesn't make any sense. You should do it as a group with your team and then be willing to get in there, get your hands dirty, so to speak, start alongside of them and, and lead them. When you say, I've set the vision and I'm done, you're going to fail. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You are predisposed for failure. I mean, it's not enough. It's sort of like this is a a very simplified, you know, I'm great at oversimplifying uh, analogies to to make a point, but this is an oversimplified example. But it's sort of like being responsible for writing a paragraph, but only thinking that your responsibility is the main idea, the topic sentence. And once you write the topic sentence, there's a paragraph. No, that doesn't make a paragraph. You've got to have some supporting details and a concluding sentence, a summary sentence to 
really make that whole. So leaders don't make ideas whole simply by having an idea. I think it's about not only thinking about ideas in terms of their merit, but in terms of their operation. And so if there is a good idea that you think is relevant to a problem you're trying to solve in your school, in your field, in your business, I think part of your responsibility, if you recognize that, hey, I can see that this is likely a good path for us to go down, but I'm not sure how to implement it, is to take the responsibility for educating yourself in that idea and how that idea should work, what it should look like, how you can make it happen. Um, Another good example I'd like to share is when I became a principal of an elementary school, I have a secondary English background. And um, I, you know, I love the literature, I love writing, but I did not learn how to teach children how to read. But one of my responsibilities as a leader of an elementary school was overseeing the implementation of guided reading. So what did I do? I immersed myself in learning about how to operationalize guided reading. I immersed myself in learning how to conduct a running record. I took the same training classes with my teachers. I became uh, proficient in that because that allowed me to lead them in the operationalizing of guided reading. It's not enough to say you should be doing guided reading. That's what you're supposed to be doing. It's your job to figure out how to do it. You can't lead what you haven't learned. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Certainly. A lot of parallels were made. You know, I was a history teacher and technology teacher at the high school. And I really started to learn and understand content area literacy, how important that was. And just like you, I immersed myself in learning about how to motivate students to read at at the secondary level, uh, how to uh, integrate literacy into the content area. If you look at my blog, uh, there's plenty of articles I've written about that, uh, blog posts. But yeah, you know, hitting the books yourself, so to speak, and learning as much as you can. And I love how you mentioned taking the, the professional development with your teachers. I think that says so much about your leadership when you're in there, and not just sitting there, so it looks like you're, you're there, but actually delving into the professional development with them, alongside of them, learning, I think that really shows your commitment to learning and, and really modeling yourself as a learner, not just a leader. Yeah, uh, you're so I, I, I so echo that sentiment, Mike, because, you know, here's what I know so far about leadership. And I don't certainly don't know everything, but I know that leaders who are successful do a great job of bridging the gap between knowing and doing. And they do that because they recognize it's not enough to be a visionary, but they're responsible for actually designing a plan for making it happen. And they take it to the next level. Folks, that brings our show to a close. Uh, You know, we could talk about why good ideas fail for a long time. Perhaps with some of your feedback, we might do a second um, uh, episode on this topic since we had to uh, rather rush through it quickly. But we hope you got something you can use that's practical and will help you improve your leadership. Until next time, be you, be true, be a hope builder. This is Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow.